understand we've all felt stuck at one point or another, even the most successful people among us, because it's a rite of passage, a trial, to see if you have what it takes to be independent. The test is to prove that you deserve your destiny. Each week our goal is to bring you an inspiring story of someone who moved beyond their stranded face and found greatness on the other side. Welcome to The Stranded Podcast, and this is your host, Jessica Hurley. Guys, real quick, today's episode of The Stranded is sponsored by none other than Instapodcast. If you've never heard of Instapodcast, that's my podcast management agency, and there's nothing wrong with a shameless plug, right? My podcast management agency that we started in 2019 with the intent to help business owners, entrepreneurs, and creatives just like yourself connect on one of the most popular platforms on the internet right now that allows you to have true intimacy and vulnerability with your audience, and that is podcasting, to share your story, to share your message, your experience, and your knowledge through one of the most powerful mediums. And what we did was take away the hardest, most difficult part of it. We do the tech and the production for you so that you get to focus on the two most important things, which are content and marketing, so that the world can hear your message. Because I know, one thing I know for certain is that you have a message that can put words to something that someone else is experiencing that they don't know how to put words to. And so it's time to put your message out there. But the problem is, is you're scared of how much work it's going to take. And Instapodcast takes away all of the work for you so that you can focus on what's most important about the podcast, which is just delivering and serving your audience. So run over to instapodcast.com right now, schedule and book your first call with one of our reps or me, and we will get you started with your popular podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Stranded Phase podcast. This is your host, your girl, Jessica Hurley, and I am so excited today to bring you someone that has been on the stranded phase before, but I feel like it was time for a comeback episode because the opportunities are endless. This girl has taken her industry by storm and she's not only one of my favorite people in her industry to know, but she's also someone I call one of my truly like dear friends. And so the woman that is just crushing it in real estate with over 268 rental properties under self-management y'all like killing it. Homegirl is like just hitting 30 (laughs) and hands down, just one of the most beautiful souls I know. And on top of that, I feel like everyone in her industry alongside other industries know her and she's found a way to really just make, make herself valuable in every room. And it's, it's one of my favorite things. And again, a true friend to me. So I'm really excited to have back on the strand of phase podcast, my friend, my girl, Christina Aguilera. Hey guys, I'm super excited to be here. Thanks for that introduction. Uh, I was like, okay, let me close my eyes. Cause like, this is really good. <laughs> oh, enjoy it. Soak it all in baby. So, oh, yes. Receive Come this, through. receive this love. Accomplishments, love, gratitude, all of it. So I'm super Absolutely. excited to be here. I'm uh, excited for the the comeback episode just because I feel like there has been so much growth, not just um, in business because business has been crazy, but also like a ton of personal growth um, since the last time I was on here. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> and a lot. And I mean, and all of this, you know, like, I mean, I've lost a lot of weight, too. I shed I shed a 200 pound plus man. And then I also, you know, got my whole life together. So <laughs> there's that. <laughs> Whoa, can we celebrate for a second? (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. I feel like since the last time we talked, you were in the middle of going through a divorce. Yeah. You were in the middle of climbing yourself out of debt and building a real estate business. So which you were already successful in, but definitely, I don't think you saw where you're at now then, because this episode was about two and a half years, probably about two years ago. Yeah. And where you're at now, I think you were like, you had this idea of like between 50 and a hundred rental properties. Yeah. I and think that, I was, I, I must've been sitting right at like 50 or 60 at that point, I think. Um, yeah. And I didn't, I didn't know, like, I didn't know what I was really capable of. Uh, and I feel like a lot of times people, they always ask like, you know, are you good with goal setting? That is like not one thing I'm good at, like at all. Like I'm not good at that part. Like, because I'm so in the today that I outdo whatever I could have thought that I was going to do before. Like, it's just, okay. That's so good. Hold on. Let's talk about this for a second, because I feel like entrepreneurs are bred to believe that they need to be visionaries. And I've seen wild success with you and your team and you don't feel like you're a visionary. So I feel like I'm a visionary, but I don't feel like, I don't think that I like in, in anybody's right mind, just being honest, like, I don't think I could have been like, Hey, um, I want 200 rental properties and I want to self-manage all of them. And I want to build a team that's virtual. That's going to manage all my rentals. And like, I just don't think I would have done, I would have been like, yo, like, I don't even think I would have even said 50. Like I, I fucking love that you said this because I say this all the time and people look at me like I'm cross-eyed. I always say that action creates clarity and confidence. And it's because I'm sorry, but if I look at the life I have right now, I couldn't have conceptualized this for myself. I never was like, I want a podcast agency that has 65 entrepreneurs. It makes me this much money. And I do this, 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 and this. Oh, and we edit videos, by the way. Like I never well, oh, and I want to be separated and not in single in a, in a floor to ceiling window condo. Like never did I say any of these things. However, action creates clarity and confidence. And then you find yourself in this place where you're like, couldn't have conceptualized that, but that's pretty nice. Like, no, does I it mean, make it's us not like, visionaries. It's just like moving. I think it's like a vision for, I always say like, I have a vision for today and like, obviously a vision for freedom, but I don't necessarily like, it that's ever changing. Like, I feel like I, I, I change, like Mm -hmm. I'm like launching a new company just because it like sets my soul on fire. And I feel like other real estate investors need that piece of their business, like figure it out and they don't know how to figure it out. So I've done it. I know how to do it. So I feel like I'm the solution for that, but I don't, I don't think that I would have thought that I was. So my new company is a transaction coordinating, um, training company. And it's like the biggest missing piece for anyone who's like scaling a wholesaling operation. Like one of my friends right now, they have like 43 deals under contract and like, she's like pulling her hair out. She's like, I don't have anyone that's like amazing to manage this. And I'm like, yeah, cause you don't have process for that. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> but it's my zone of genius. And so I think that just like building that zone of genius up and like figuring out what that looks like for you. And I feel like every day I just like close my eyes and I'm just like, okay, let me just sit here for a second. And like, yep, that feels good. (laughs) That feels good. That feels good. And, and I love that you said this because this is, this is my favorite thing. I feel like when entrepreneurs are in a safe space with a business that runs that it allows you to operate a little more in flow, Mm. right? So you're now adding more value to your existing industry. So a lot of people will start making money, systemize their business a little bit, and then want to go create a million other things. But sometimes you can add value right where you are Yep. and say, okay, 
I can create solutions to these problems. These are things I've gone through and solved myself. Here's another way I can help other people, especially when I feel like there's other people that just, they create a business that runs and then they turn around and educate to make more money. And instead you're finding ways to add value. And I feel like that happens when we're in flow. For sure. And it takes a long time to get there. It does take a long time to get there. I mean, I feel like obviously I'm six years into like entrepreneurship and six years in into like real estate investing. And a lot of times I feel like we're we're so ready to like have things automated and in flow and stuff that you like forget that there's like a bunch of process and like growth that needs to happen for yourself. Like that's part of you getting to, to that place. Like it's just here's, here's the business and the mirror. Are you ready? Hey, it's me. It's me. Oh, you want to build this? You have to realize you have to take some responsibility first. Here's all your bullshit. Bullshit. You want to, you want to answer this? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's just, it's just part of it. You know, I feel like you can't really, we talk about it a lot, I guess, like in our personal conversations, but you can't really skip that part of it because eventually it's going to come back and it's going to be like, Hey, uh, you forgot about me. Here's your uh, childhood trauma. Just <laughs> Just whenever you're ready to adjust me, just let me know. Here's how you're fucking over your life and your team and everyone that you partner with because of something that happened to you when you were six years old. Are you going to address this or not? (laughs) That you haven't been able to, you know, manage or understand. And I think for me for so long, it was like that pushing past so many things and just like being daily in the grind and like just hustling because it's natural, so natural for me that I never like was like, oh, let me slow down and like kind of figure out why um, I got into a marriage that was not great for me. Um, why I cannot be like, you know, I can't let control of certain things or just like a lot of things I discovered that was coming up in my business, but they were also very important and coming up in my life as well. So I feel like your business kind of like puts a lot of those things in perspective. Oh, so can we talk about, before we move on, I want to talk about this word shedding that you used mm. because you, you, you announced it in the beginning, but I really want to talk about this because I feel like over the last two years, if I've watched you do anything, it's commit to the choice of shedding. You have shedded a lot of things. We're talking about the physical to the internal. I have watched you shed weight. I have watched you shed men. Yep. I have watched you ditch all the things that were going on in your life, friends, and multiple things, because there was moments in your life where I met you and you had, you run around like a chicken with your head cut off. Like you had multiple endeavors, all these things going on. And I watched you shed that and then build it all back up because you knew you had to shut it all down because it was taking you, you were, you were, it was almost like you were putting your energy elsewhere to avoid dealing with some other things. Like you said, push past it. So what was like the crack that you said, okay, I have, yes, I've created a, you know, a profitable, successful and a life that I do feel somewhat free and one that everyone looks at and idolizes. But when, what was the crack for you that said, okay, I got to shed all this shit and, and technically start over with me. Yeah. Um, so I do want to touch a little bit like about my divorce and stuff. So I was in a relationship. Um, I was with my ex-husband for nine years. I was with him since I was, well, yeah, eight to nine years. And I was with him since I was 19, multiple moves, multiple career paths. The, the initial investing in real estate, um, happened, you know, you know, it was kind of like, um, that we were going to do it together. And obviously that didn't pan out. I built, I built everything by myself. So a lot of it was, um, because of 
things that I had to realize later that I was just taking control over a lot of things. Um, but the reality when it, when it comes down to things is shedding um, was a byproduct of me trying to figure out what it was that I actually wanted. Um, mm. It was a byproduct of unbecoming a lot of things. Yep. Unbecoming the things that I felt like didn't serve me anymore. Um, and I say this because my ex-husband is legit amazing. Like he's amazing. Like he's a great person. He's an employee. He's, um, he has a girlfriend. They have a great relationship. And I remember like when I was sitting there and I was like telling my mom that I was going to get divorced. Like I was like, oh, we need to go tell my parents that we're getting divorced because like, we just need to go tell them. And I remember telling my mom was like, you know, what's going on, you know, all this stuff. And I was just like, I just want someone to love him the way that he needs to be loved. And I feel like I can't do that. Wow. Um, because I, I mean, he's a great person. Like I realized that he is a great person. He's amazing. He's great in his respective. He just wasn't amazing for me. That's a hard he's for a lot of people to swallow. Girlfriend. Yeah. He's amazing for his girlfriend. Like his girl, like I would say, like, if you're going to be with me, you need to think that I walk on water. Okay? Mm. And if you do not believe that I walk on water, we have a problem. Mm. I only need one person to believe this. Okay. Like, one. Only I'm, one not, I'm not asking for 10, just one. <laughs> I just need one person to believe this. Uh-huh. And, and so that, that's kind of like the, the idea of unbecoming so many things, but it is, it is making decisions that are uncomfortable. It is, um, breaking up. It is a lot of things, you know, it's a lot of hard work as far as weight loss, but I'm going to be honest that I think that when I made the decision that I was like taking back my power, um, on the things that I could control, I think that's when like things really cranked up. Um, I made decisions based off of like my core values and what I actually wanted in life, opposed to like what I had already done. Like, just cause you've done something a certain way, or you've made money a certain way, that doesn't necessarily mean that that serves you or means that you're in flow. Right. So it's, it's just the process. Like just cause you've made money doing it doesn't mean that you're happy doing it. <laughs> and we keep finding that out with millionaires, don't we? Millionaires and billionaires. Yeah. But I, I, I really want to hit on this is that you made the decision to take your life back while running a successful business. Oh, fact. yeah. So I mean, this was not rock bottom for you. It was rock bottom, maybe with your feelings or maybe with how'd I get here? How yeah. am I almost 30 divorced, you know, running a successful business? Why am I not? Cause we do go through that. Yeah, oh, I, I, I know I've been through that. Like, you're like, why am I successful? But no one loves me or no one wants to love me. And I think, I think for me it was, um, so I have like a weird, it's like a little different. Um, and I feel like you get like all my friends always talk about this. They're like, everybody loves you. Like when I talk to guys or like, I have a relationship with someone like they're in love with me. Right. Mm. But it's because I realized that I was building a pattern of nurturing someone who was not necessarily my partner. It was someone who needed, you know, what I had. I mean, I'm like strong, like nothing could break me. Yeah. And when someone's like in a vulnerable position, um, they, they need that kind of support. And so that's what I was attracting. And I had to, I've seen this with you. Yeah. I've seen this with you. Wow. Now that you say that. Uh -huh. <laughs> and I was like, Oh my gosh, he's like, he's like in love with you. Yeah, that's cool. I'm not in love with him. Like he's cool. Like he's cool. Like he's a great person. He's amazing. 
he's just not amazing for me. And I realized that. Um, and so I think that that's just all about unbecoming and knowing you and knowing your value um, and not to be like egotistical or like a hard ass or anything like that, but just like understanding like, hey, this is this is what I need. This is what I want. And it's OK. It's like 100 percent OK if you're not the person that. Gives can, can we deep dive on this for a second? There's a woman that listened to this and probably me five years ago would have listened to this because have you ever seen the Netflix series Sex Life? Yeah, I saw people. Yeah, I saw like two. Okay, so good. And I talked to so many women about that that were like, I hate her. Like she needs to be grateful because she was in a relationship with a man that loved her. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he knows that. And she kept stepping out, making mistakes and, da, da, and there, there were certain women that hated her. Like it was like that you need to be grateful. Yeah. You need to get your shit together because you're lucky you have a man like that. And I feel like when I think, about what you're saying. This is so interesting. Why is it so hard for women? Why do we feel so shameful and shitty when we finally acknowledge what we want? Um, I think it's more, I think it's that it's like the, that humble pie. Like people are like, oh, you should be humble and you should be grateful for things that you have. And the reality is, is that I'm not, not grateful. Like I'm not, not grateful for a, a marriage that, yeah, it ended in divorce, but it gave me some great years. I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about people in general and the dynamic of relationship that I did and didn't want. So I walked away with a lot, <laughs> like, but it doesn't mean that that served me anymore. Like it served me for a season of my life. And that doesn't mean that I'm not grateful. It means that I outgrew that space in my life and that's okay. I'm not saying go file divorce papers, but if you're in a season where you guys are just not in alignment anymore and you've tried and you, you know, you put push, you know, you put the pedal to the metal and you've tried, like, I, I mean, it sucks. Don't get me wrong, but I was divorced in 35 days. So it wasn't too bad. (laughs) Most people could never say that. It was an uncontested divorce. And again, he was amazing. He did not fight me. I didn't fight him. Um, it was very amicable and it was one of those things. Like we just outgrew, we, we outgrew each other and we didn't have kids. So I understand that that's like another barrier, but all all of that comes from like unbecoming and being very true to like my feelings and what I wanted. And even though it was scary and like, I remember like, did I even want to do divorce papers? Like before, um, we filed, we did like, uh, it was like two weeks, literally, trial run back where I'm like, okay, like, let's try this one last time before we do this. Cause uh, just in case, what if we make a mistake? Right. <laughs> and then I was like, ah, uh, yeah, that's a no for me. <laughs> You're great. But, uh, no, we're good. I know what I need now. And it's very, very clear. Yeah. One thing I think that was cool. And I think I, I witnessed this with you and a couple other people, and it was beautiful to see because it helped me a lot on my journey was I think the natural thing to do out coming out of something like that is to put our head down and find another lane to put ourselves in a new energy, something else. Like, so this is why a people, either their business to take the fuck off or be there in a relationship six months later, getting ready to get married again. Right. Cause it's like, where can I put my, not my pity party, but where can I put all of this energy? I where can my time. I need to fill it a, a lot of energy. Like a lot of energy that you were using to like keep something together or whatever. So now like I always say proving that you're worthy of, of someone's time or worthy of being exclusive to. Um, but what I saw you do 
was you went on a, a, a real split journey. You committed to your business, but you also committed to a self-healing journey. You were like, I'm going to find out why the fuck I'm like this. I'm going to really learn to unbecome this control freak. I'm really going to learn my triggers, why they are what they are. I mean, you and I did classes together. Mm -hmm. Like it was like, whatever the other person's learning, give me some of that. And it doesn't have to be anything business related. Like I just want to go as deep as I possibly can. And that's something I, I did right after the end of my relationship as well was like, I'm not priming or pruning myself to be in another relationship. I'm trying to make sure that six years later, I'll make the same mistakes. Exactly. And that's the work that happens right now. And so were you after something or you were just like, as I start all over, I got to know everything about Christina or I got to recreate um, Christina. I think I was after unbecoming the things that I didn't like about myself. Ooh. So you knew, you knew. I mean, I knew that I had a control issue. Yeah. <laughs> Some people don't know. <laughs> I, so here's the thing about control, right? Cause I always tell people like, like, that's not a bad thing. Okay? No. It served me so well for so long. Right. Literally like having control is what built my business. It's what gave me the tenacity of like, take, it doesn't matter if someone gives, tells me no or not. Like I'm still going for what I want. Cause I'm going to get mm. it. Period. Point blank. The problem is, is when you try to control other people. Yes. And you, you, you do it in a way, especially in relationships with men and stuff is that you do it in a way that it's not that person. And so that person is like, doing things because you want them to be done and not because they naturally want to do them. And because you are so strong and you're like headstrong, like they're just doing it because they're just going along with it. And that's kind of where I'm at now. Like, I'm like, um, nope, I don't want you to change. Mm -mm. Do not change anything for me. You are you. (laughs) You are you. Let's keep all that same energy. Like, just, mm. like you don't mm. need to change anything about yourself because here's the thing at the end of the day someone's gonna like you for all the bullshit that you're gonna give them that's facts that's and, facts. and the thing is like that was like what I remember talking to my mom like during the divorce and I didn't really talk to her much about like my divorce because it was like or even the separation um and she would she would say like because he was like really big into fitness and I was totally not and he was not into business I was totally into business like just our, the stuff that we liked was just different. And my mom said, you're not gonna, like, you're not gonna go and run like, or do like, he used to do like Ninja Warrior, like go do a Ninja Warrior competition because that's not in your thing. Like, yeah, you'll support him, but like, you don't love that. And if you start doing that, like you're forcing a part of yourself, the same thing with him. Like if I was forcing business on him, it's not ideal for him. Right. So that would be unfair. And I feel like we do that so much in really. I think women are chameleons. Like the people, take the people pleaser to a next level. We literally, we don't, it's, we don't know what we want. Not because we don't know what we want. We don't know what we want because we're waiting on someone to tell us what we want because we want to. Huh? I said, you know, I don't really have that problem. No, I'm like not unpeople pleaser in unpeople pleasing history, but. I re- I realize that that is a thing. Yeah. Like that 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 is definitely a thing and it's something that that we do put aside but I I was so clear like I can't love you the way you need to be loved or you deserve to be loved. And that's and, such a and mature as a byproduct, thing. I'm saying that you're not loving me the same way I need to be loved either. Facts. Big facts. Mm-hmm. All right, I want to shift this a little bit because um let's go business. 
Yeah. One of my favorite things about you, well, we'll, we'll, we'll tippy toe into this. We'll tiptoe into the water. So one of my favorite things about you is as I've watched you grow and I say the last two years, you've been in business for six. I just have gotten a front row seat for the last two years. Um, the last two years, I feel like I've watched you climb your industry and it's because obviously you've done the work. You're crushing it with 268 rental properties, you know, managed by you and your team, but, and in the field every day, you know, so everybody gets to watch your journey as well. But I feel like there's no, you are in my top three people that can just network their ass off. And I don't even mean like, I feel like network for you is an understatement. I feel like it's just that, you know, how to get in a room and provide value. There are multiple industries outside of real estate that I can mention your name and people are like, Oh yeah, yeah. I know her. She helped me do this. She connected me with this person. She's, she taught, you know, she introduced me to this person. She taught me how to do this. She connected me with this, this company. Like, you know how to go in a room. And I think this is really important for women, especially in a male dominated industry. And maybe this is where you learned it from and how to be visible and immediately add value. And I think that's so important because it's so easy to get in these rooms that we need to be in to learn and like retract and recluse yeah. and just like, I'm just going to sit in the back and receive, and then I'll show up later. And you know how to show the fuck up in these rooms. Where did you, where did you get this skill from? <laughs> um, I think it's like, just like, I feel like a lot of people where, where people struggle with this is that they don't do it enough. Um, <clears throat> it's a practice skill. Like it's not something that, you know, I had, I um, had someone ask me today, like, do you get nervous when you do public speaking? And I'm like, no, I don't really get nervous when I do anything anymore because I've done it so many times. Mm, it's like a practice behavior. Like if you're, if you're confident about what you're saying and the value that you're bringing, it's very, very hard for you to be nervous because you yes. know the shit. Like you just know it. Yes. And so no one can question you. You walk in a different, you walk in a different space. You walk in a different throne because you know that what you're bringing to the table is, is what people need. And I think that that's kind of the value in that. Um, but, but the conversation piece is a little different, right? So people really like to talk about themselves and I feel that's, like a, that's lot why I have a, podcast. Times, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of times when people go into networking spaces, they come. And when I say network, I'm talking about like innovative income, just anything where you're building relationships with people. When I say network, it's just building your relationships, right? Yes. And people who can add value to you and you can add value to them. Yes. When people come into these arenas, they want to talk about what they've done, what they've accomplished, what they do. Yes. And very rarely are they trying to see what the other person does. And so the only way that you know how you can add value to someone is by knowing where they are currently and what they're missing mm. in their business, in their process. And, and how any can you do that when you're not listening? Or you're not asking questions or you're talking yes. about yourself. If I was talking about myself, I mean, here's the thing, right? I can learn from so many different people, like all day. I, I learn all the time. I had a guy call me today um, and he called me very respected person in the real estate um, investing community. And he called me, he's like, Hey, how are you raising private money? And obviously he didn't say it like that, but he's like, Hey, you know, I was thinking about this, like, this is what I'm thinking about, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay. You know, I started asking him some questions and stuff. He's like, why are you not teaching this? And I was like, um, well, I, I am like, I'm, I just told you like how to do it. Like I'm teaching it all the time. And 
the reality of that is that you, I gave you the answer to your question. The reason that this is so important is that this man owns an app, Mm. an app that I don't want to say too much, but an app that, that solves a big problem for someone. But the part that I know is not part of the app. And he's like, uh, how can we get this in the app? Mm. The reason why that's so important is because if I wouldn't have made myself available or I wouldn't be sharing what parts of my business I'm doing, he would have never been able to reach out to me on Instagram and like, hey, do you have a second for me to ask you a question? Correct. If you didn't let the world know that you were the expert in this, correct. And so that's the process of that. It's doing it slowly. It doesn't happen from one day to another where you build authority. It happens very, very slowly. This shit started five years ago. This shit started in a Facebook group, okay? So I'm in real estate investing. So one of like the biggest Facebook groups, is it's Max Maxwell's. It's like wholesaling houses elite. And this is like a Facebook group where like a bunch of people are constantly like posting stuff and doing stuff. Asking questions. Asking questions, deals, everything. And five years ago, when people would ask questions and I was like scrolling through Facebook, I would literally comment and just give them like an an answer to their question. And I would bounce. Like I would just give them the answer and I would leave. Adding value. Adding value. But it was things that I knew. I wasn't talking about things that were gonna, that I had to go research and figure out. I was talking about things that I knew. Right. So it took me five seconds to do it because I knew right. it. I was doing it every single day. And that's how I built that. Like literally that's how I spoke at my, at, at the first big event. It was 500, 450 people at Max's first event. I was the only woman speaker at that event. That's how it started. He found me in the Facebook group adding value and he didn't even know why or anything. Mm. And that is the opportunity. The opportunity is in those spaces. It's in rooms, it's in Facebook groups, it's in content, it's in whatever that you add value to other people. Like, yes, what you're saying is so important right now because I keep telling people, like, you want to figure out a way to start educating people or you want to turn your expertise into like authority and start being the known expert. Stop worrying about all the other shit, figure out how to provide value. Figure out how to provide value and figure out how to shift your mindset. And this is going to sound really salty for a second, but when you know your shit enough, you'll walk in a room and be like, people need to know who I am. And it's not like a, you need to know me. It's that I know I can bring value to every person in this room. So I need to speak up because if people don't know that I'm in here and I could help them, I'm being very selfish. And it's, and, and that's really hard for some people to swallow is like, Maybe I just need to keep my expertise to myself. Maybe I don't need to walk around That's acting the- like I'm the shit. No fool. Cause watch, if you open your mouth and commit to talking to five people, 10 people, you will add value. Every single one of them will tell you, I'm so glad I talked to you today. So when you shift your mind to like, when I walk in a room, I need to not be selfish and really commit to making sure these people know who I am and what I have to offer. That's the, that's the shift. That's the mental shift. For me, I think that, um, so when I walk into rooms, um, my ideology is more so I need people to be seen. Mm. And so if I'm the one that like, you know, Hey, how are you? Like, and I'm just having a conversation with you. Like now you feel seen, especially for a lot of people, like they're not the ones that are going to start the conversation with you. 
Like right. they're, they have the same fears um, as other people. So it's very, very important that, <laughs> that you realize that you, you do have to get out of your own way. You do have to be stop being selfish because you're, you're able to bring value to someone, but that person also needs you for their confidence or for their, for their next level. So this is such an interesting concept because now you just explained to me how you build those connections in rooms. And it's the, it's funny because that's how our friendship has been. I always felt like you were such a busy person and you were like, you know, had all this stuff going on and, and you would offer me things and check on me and make it, you did such a great job at times, like making things all about me. And I was like, girl, you are busy. Like, don't worry about me. <laughs> and you did such a great job at making me feel seen and heard in a time where I was like, fucking felt stuck. Empty. I felt invisible. I felt invisible. And so that's such an interesting concept to think of that in a room full of women or men or yeah, both. Anyone. Mm-hmm. In any network setting or any event, how can I make five people in here feel seen? Yeah. And it's even like when I speak at events and stuff like that, I feel like that's like one of the biggest things, like when people come up to me or they're like, Hey, Christina, like I make them feel like they're my best friend, whether I've talked to them on social media before or not, like, like, thanks so much for coming up to me. Like, how can I help you? Like, you know, we got five, 10 minutes here. That's all we got. Cause I got to get back in the back or I got to do this or I got to do that. Like, what do you need from me? Because at the Mm. end of the day, you paid a ticket price. You came here for something. How can I help you? Mm. And, and that's the same thing, whether you're in the room and I do, I do want to touch base on this because I think a lot of times people think about like events a little different. And I feel like there's always rooms that you go into and you pour into, and then there's rooms that you take from, right? There's rooms that are your next level. It's the people that are higher than you that you're learning from. And then there's really cool rooms that you can do both of these things in right? Sometimes mm. It's not always that you get to do that. But if you're like in a mastermind, in a close knit community, innovative income, like those spaces are the spaces where you can give and you can take. That's the goal. Yeah. That's the goal. I used to obsess and get really worried about the fact that we would attract women that would not get anything out of the event because they were already there or better. I would obsess over this. I would worry about it constantly because I was like, oh my God, what if we attract high caliber women and then we don't deliver? Mm-hmm. And what I realized though, is that they still get value. They still get value because one, they're, they're, they're in a safe container to connect on a vulnerable level with other women like them, which is huge. Two, I realized you can create a room like that. And this was actually one of the coolest feelings. Before this innovative income, the Friday night before, when we were getting, we're like at the venue prepping until 10 PM at night. Like it was crazy. And we're getting all these tags of people out, hanging out together, dinner, dancing, enjoying themselves. And I literally got this like overwhelming feeling of like, oh, the job is done. Like it's already done. Like everything that happens this weekend is just an added bonus. The job is done because we just took women on all different levels and made them feel like because they're choosing to be under this umbrella that they can trust one of each one of each other and they can let their boundaries down. They can let the guard down. They can take the mask off and they can connect. I think that there's this like really, really big misconception. And I always try to correct you when you bring it up um, is that high caliber women don't need the things that 
people who are starting their journey have. Most of the people that have gotten to the level of high caliber have pushed past a lot of the bullshit. It's not that they have it figured out. It's just that they push past it. So the problem- They're the ones that need to be seen the most. <laughs> the same problems, okay? <laughs> It's still the same problem. And so that's like always something like I remember um, we had talked a little bit after and you're like, you know, I was worried about you guys. And I'm like, why were you worried about us? We were fine. Like we were great. Yeah. Like we were there. Like we were soaking it all up. And, and that's the thing in your business is that you have to realize that your target market, the person that you're serving is going to get served. Yeah. By you or by somebody else. Oof. Oof. <laughs> Okay. So speaking of, yeah. um, one of my favorite things about you, everything about me is your favorite, but it's okay. Cool. Well, there's a lot of things I like about you. So you're right. You're absolutely right. You add value in a room. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. There's a lot of fucking things is how vulnerable you are about the beginning of your real estate journey, which was, I mean, hell you went into an insane amount of debt to get this business started. One that a risk that most people would never take one that on the outside. And some people would probably tell you you're batshit crazy for. Right. Yeah. And so I, but I think this is such an interesting story to hit on because there's somebody right now questioning themselves on whether a thousand dollar investment is appropriate for real estate wholesaling or, you know, getting in this business. And so can you shed some light on that a little bit? Yeah. It always makes me really teary eyed because um, I feel like I went all in on myself, you know, Ooh. Um, Are you proud of yourself looking back on it? Oh, yeah. Good. But I always say like, because I say the amount of money that I spent and it was because um, at that point, you know, I had, I had already hit six figures in a call center. Um, and one thing that I did was I had built like my credit. I had, like a lot of credit cards. Like I had just paid off all my debt. Um, mm. I just paid it off. And that was like from... I was not responsible at all, like at all. Like I would be eating at Ruth Chris, like spending $150, $200, three times a week. Like it was ridiculous. I was making a hundred thousand. I was probably spending 95,000 legit. Been there. Like, <clears throat> and so, so I had like credit and stuff. So anyways, I had just moved. I had just paid off all my debt. Like I, you know, I was like real laser focused on this. And then I started looking for purpose. Like I was trying to figure out what it was that I wanted. Like my, you know, I had, I'd been successful, um, in like different rooms and like my, I had my MBA by the time I was 20. And like, I always talk about that because I feel like some people are like, oh yeah, you had your shit together. No, I did not have my shit together. I just had shit. <laughs> I had a degree. Like, how is that having your shit together? Right. <laughs> just a degree. Like I just pushed past something. Yeah. And, and that is like, it's just such a big, a big deal, to be honest. Like when you think about certain things, it's a big deal of, of betting on yourself and understanding that, that things happen when you do take that leap, like things happen. And for you, it might be $500. That might be everything you got getting a loan, a, you know, putting a, a, a mastermind on credit for $5,000, whatever it looks like, whatever that bet is, it has to mean that you're shifting. Like it has to be, it has to be the bet that you make on yourself. Like that's point blank period. Like I went all in on myself. Like I had no idea how I was going to, how I was going to figure it out. I just was stupid enough to think it was going to work. And so, because I was dumb enough to think it was going to work, it worked. <laughs> I just kept off pedaling. Like that's typically what we do. 
It's <laughs> typically what entrepreneurs do. <laughs> but you can literally like convince yourself, but it, it it is betting on yourself and like figuring out that what it is that it takes for you. Like for me, it was it was a ninety thousand dollars on credit cards and having monthly payments come every single month, and I didn't know how I was going to do it because after I made that investment, I got laid off from my job. So, girl, you must have been scared as hell. I was so scared. But here's the thing. I was scared, but I used it as such, like as few, like I didn't have an option. Like legit, I did not have an option. Like what were my options? Yeah. Like there was not that many options at that point. Boy, and I didn't want to go get a job. in a corner. There was two things, perform or cry. And I did not have time to cry. <laughs> there was no time to cry. These monthly payments coming in. You go cry Every or I remember, like, it's not even funny. I remember, like, paying $100 on a credit card so I could go buy groceries. That's how bad it got. And I was totally fine with that. I'm like, we gonna figure this shit out. We gonna keep rolling. Like, this shit is uncomfortable right now, but we are going to push through. And we is party of one, Christina, just so everybody knows. We is, <laughs> we is just the society. We is me. We is me. <laughs> Like there was no one else. It was just me and uh, my hard work. Um, but honestly, like if you, I just feel like if you're in that season, if you're at what you feel is like the bottom for you or the shift or whatever, the bet that you're making, like just get so clear focused on what the next step looks like. I feel like we get so caught up in the vision or the why, like the why is ever changing. The vision's ever changing. Like just focus on the next step. Mm. And when did you know it was going to work? Outside of your commitment, you were like, this is going to work or it's going to work. But when was like your shoulders fell back and you were like, oh, I can do this. Um, I think the first like my first deal, I made three thousand dollars and I'm like, OK, like this is. And then were you like, oh, my God, I got to go back and do this. I can pay my credit cards for the month. That's what I was thinking. I was like, that's only the credit card for the month. So were you like, OK, now I know what to do. I got to go do this over and over again. And that is in the magic. Like, I feel like we forget that repetition is the magic. Like, it's the same process over and over again. The same way you got one client, if you just emulate that same exact thing, it just happens again and it happens again. And you're in control of a lot more things than you think of. And that's why I say control is not a bad thing if you use it in a positive way. Like, you just can't control other people, but you can control your thoughts and you can control the things that move you and shake you. Mm. And so what would your advice be, especially with a lot of, a lot of the women you're meeting right now that are looking to, I'm meeting a lot of women that are just getting started in like whole real estate, real estate wholesaling and very nervous, very unsure, very uncertain. What would your advice be to women in this male dominated industry and the beginning phases? Yeah, I would say honestly, in any in any um, industry that like requires a level of knowledge, because like when you think about coaching businesses or something like that, like you're leveraging your knowledge, like you already have a basis of knowledge that you're providing as a service. Whereas in real estate, you have to have the knowledge in order to provide the value, right? And I feel a lot of times like people are ready to scale or hire a cold caller or systematize a business that they don't really even understand. So. My recommendation is to understand deal analyzing, how to market, and having those conversations. Like, yeah, having the information, but not 
to the point where you have analysis paralysis and you don't take action. So it's, mm. it's a combined effort of knowledge, but action at the same time, like happening simultaneously because you flex that muscle, you build that confidence over time and just being coachable and receptive. Like if you bring someone a deal, um, my first question is always like, are you open to feedback? Like, are you open to feedback right now? And some people are not open to feedback, but I also feel like other people, they give feedback and that's not the best way either. Like, I didn't ask you for feedback. Like, so why do you like, so some people are like, you know, some people are just like, they're not ready to handle feedback. And so I provide that, like, you know, some, if a wholesaler brings me a deal and I'm like, like their numbers are really off or something like that. One, it could be their first time. Like they've never done this before. They didn't hire a mentor. They didn't join a coaching program. They don't, they don't know. They just watched the YouTube video and they got to running and I respect the hell out of a hustle. But at the same time, it's a hustle. And this is a business and you have to understand the knowledge that you need in order to scale something like that. Um, but I would just say to get the knowledge um, and it could be, you know, it could be investing in mentorship of some kind. It could be going on YouTube. Like it doesn't really matter, but just figure out someone who's in alignment, like who knows enough about the process. Cause I feel like a lot of times, like you go hire someone that's like driving a Lamborghini or just like doing dumb shit on the social media. But like that's not actually showing you that they do the thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they just show you what they have. Yeah. And so that's like a big difference. Like that's how not saying that that program doesn't give you the value and stuff. But if you really want to learn how to deal analyze, like you really need to like I not to do my own horn, but I'm one of the best deal analyzers. And then I know Tiffany High, like her stuff is like ridiculous. And she's like a girl in this space. And mm. like anything land derby, like I don't know shit about land. But if someone asks me, I'm gonna be like, uh, just call derby. I don't know. I don't know nothing. <laughs> I love no for real, because I feel like um, just stay in your zone of genius. <laughs> and some of this stuff, people need women like women and the, it, women, especially in real estate, like, yo, a real a woman real estate. I mean, like, look at Tiffany, look at Derby, look at. I mean, like Sarah, just like all these people that are in the space, like it's like that, that human touch that men take out of the business. Like, oh my God, sellers like neat and notice to detail, like attention to detail and organization. This is why it's everybody has a really bad time with transaction coordinating in their business because they're not detailed. And transaction coordinating is the most detailed part of this business. It's why I think men can't host events without event planners. Like, that's fine. It keeps it, it keeps employment. That's what I was telling you. I'm like, oh, it's fine. You suck at that, but job security for someone else. <laughs> Correct. Correct. And the point that you made about, you know, hiring a, a full team and delegating everything and systemizing a business. I just talked about this last night on our mastermind call. I think this is so important before you create a money pit. It makes so much sense. Like run the business first, make like create a profitable business model that works. Otherwise you're just creating a money pit and you're actually not paying people. Cause you're, when you, when you are hiring on a team, it's to bring in extra hands and scale what you already have. And people try to systemize and delegate before the shit even works. And it's yeah. like, so technically you're trying to shell out money before it's profitable to say, Hey, please build my business for me. And when in reality, it's like, make the thing work first and then hand it off. Yeah. And so I love what you're saying about that. Cause I think people are so ready to start and then pay someone to do it for them. 
I think the only thing in real estate investing that you can do that with is a cold caller. Correct. But you still have to realize that you still need to provide them with data. You still need to give them skip trace data. They still need to use a dialer. You still need to make sure that they're hitting their KPIs. Like there's still a whole role here. Unless outsource that too, you know? And, And that's all in the magic of that. Like you can outsource. You can outsource. If you're going to outsource anything, it's a cold caller. So you can close leads. If you're working a full-time job, like I had a, a, a coaching call yesterday and the girl, I'm like, she's making six figures. I'm like, you're working 40, 50 hours a week. Like, um, it's time I think you need a cold caller, even though yeah. your shit's not fully set up. If you can get off of work now, you're not two, three hours cold calling. You're two, three hours talking to two to three people that are qualified. Facts. Huge difference. Huge. Yeah. But yeah. So you have a- you have a solution for this for anyone looking to get into real estate or really onto that. Is it for their, is it kind of to like really land that first deal? Is it, or is it more building and scaling for it? Yeah. So it's more like deal analyzing. There is some people that are like newer. Um, I've had two people that like have never closed a deal, go through the program. And I do think it's great um, because it does lay a really, really strong foundation, kind of what we're talking about. Um, and I do have like a wholesaling fundamentals, like um, Zoom call and stuff that they can listen to for the basic. But yeah, I mean, I run a, it's called ROI Jumpstart. Um, there's a wait list on my Instagram. Um, it's something that Jessica pushed me to. Um, I didn't think I would ever coach or mentor, but I know that there's a huge need in the industry. And at the end of the day, I know that no one could do it better than me. So. Hey, breaking men. Cause there's nobody that analyzes deals like you, like you said, and there's nobody that pays attention to detail like you. And you know, the stuff like the back of your hand. So God forbid you don't share this with somebody else period. Yeah, so I appreciate it. <laughs> well, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for joining us today, giving away all this game and knowledge guys scroll down to the show notes. We'll give you more information about jumping on the wait list for ROI jumpstart, ROI jumpstart, right? <laughs> ROI jumpstart where you can follow Christina, but let them know where they can stalk you from now Instagram. until then. Instagram. Where? Instagram. And what is your name? Christina Aguilera. That's the, that's literally your Instagram name. Yeah, I'm so not used to that. I'm so used to the other one. I know. <laughs> but we we back, baby. We back. We back to that 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 basic the original name. Exactly. I love it. I love it. But yeah, um, yeah. So you guys can follow me on Instagram. I am so excited to pour into you. I share a lot about the crazy stuff that tenants do, flipping houses, just anything that's fun and exciting, and then the not so fun part as well. <laughs> You are very open about the not so fun part. And that's my favorite part because there, you are not sugarcoating shit about real estate and rental properties. I mean, I'm not going to let you get into this and be like, oh, this is great. Like there's going to be some shitty stuff, but the freedom and like the lifestyle and I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. You wouldn't <laughs> trade it for the world. Cause I can see you when I want. <laughs> exactly. Love you guys. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, love. Bye. Thanks again for joining us on another episode of The Stranded Podcast. If you felt inspired or moved today, make sure to leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about us and our guests at thestrandedphase.com. And don't forget that your stranded phase is a rite of passage on your journey to greatness.